take our Bibles. We're in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23. Well, we're in the blessed Psalm 23, probably the most familiar of all the Psalms, one of the most loved of all the Psalms. It's read frequently, it's recited frequently, and uh, certainly is a beautiful passage of Scripture. Written, the human author is David, who was a shepherd. Uh, he was the king of Israel at this time, but his background was a, of a shepherd, and he would certainly know uh, the ins and outs of that role, and um, of course, he is applying this to the Lord, though. It says in verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd. Last Sunday, I introduced this psalm to us, and I, I began talking about how personal this psalm is. The many times we see my and I throughout this, and David had made this personal, and he was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, and I spent almost the entirety of last week's message on this thought, that the Lord cannot be your shepherd until he is your savior. And uh, it was a, a one-point message last week. It was that thought over and over again. And I don't want you to miss that. He cannot be your shepherd. You can know this psalm, you can memorize it, you can quote it, but until he's your savior, he cannot be your shepherd. And I want you to know this today. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your savior. And if you don't know Christ in a real and a personal way, I trust today you would turn your heart over to him. But not only is this a personal psalm, this is a psalm that provides great peace. And that's the thought I want us to carry on this morning, the peace that this psalm provides. You've probably been to a memorial service or a funeral service where this psalm was read. You may have been at the, uh, the last moments of someone's life and someone read this psalm. Sometimes we even go to a hospital before someone's having surgery and they'll say, would you read Psalm 23? It provides peace in some of the most difficult times of life. Let's read these six verses. You follow along as I read it this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, as we look into this wonderful passage once again, I pray, God, that you would help us today, Lord. Lord, help us to look beyond the familiarity of this passage, Lord, the commonness of this passage, and Lord, that we would hear the message that you have for us today. Lord, there's truly much that you have taught us in this passage. And Lord, the peace that is available to us as when you are our shepherd. And so Lord, we ask for your touch and your blessing upon this time, and we'll give you the thanks and the praise for what you accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In preparation for this message, I have read a book that was written by a man that was a shepherd. 
And um, not in the olden days, but in more of this modern time, there are still shepherds in various parts of our world. And this man happened to live in Canada, over on the far western part of Canada. And he, he was a shepherd and a believer as well. And so Psalm 23 was obviously very special to him, and he'd studied much about it. And, but he would describe in this book the various... Um, personalities and characteristics of his flock, of his sheep, and, and many of the qualities and characteristics of sheep in general. And um, as I mentioned last week, a sheep is not the most intelligent animal. Uh, they're, they're, not the, uh, they're not a real strong animal. They don't have a lot of natural defenses built into them. They're kind of a helpless, dumb creature, and they need a shepherd. Hence why we are often referenced as sheep. Uh, and we need a shepherd. You need the Lord as your shepherd. And so this man, he's describing this, and, and, and he was talking about how he cared for his sheep, how he lodged out after them, uh, how he led them from different parts of his farm for different uh, seasons, and making sure that the pasture that they were feeding in was, was good and, and ready and prepared, and making sure he was taking them to clean and, 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 and cool water holes, uh, looking after them and applying ointment to them on the sores and the different things that they would have. He cared for his sheep. And right across from his property was another farm, owned by a company, though, and they had sheep as well, but they just hired individuals to watch their sheep. And they were more interested in how much money they could make than they were about the sheep. And so for those reasons, those sheep did not get the care that his sheep got. And he would often notice that they would leave them in the same pasture for weeks at a time. And the, the, the grass there wasn't as, as well cared for and prepared for them. And would let them drink wherever and, and, and not in good water holes. And, and that he often noticed that their sheep appeared to be sickly and diseased and had sores on them. And they were not cared for properly. And, and it, as a shepherd, it hurt his heart to see those sheep being treated in that fashion. And then one day, as he was out caring for his flock, and they were content, and they were at peace, they were satisfied, he, he heard the bleeding of the other sheep. And he looked across the way, and he noticed many of them just staring across the fence, looking at his sheep, looking at him, the shepherd of those sheep. And he realized that those sheep over there longed to be in his flock. They longed to be in his field. They longed to have a shepherd that cared about them. And I want you to know today, there is a good shepherd. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he cares for his sheep. He provides for his sheep. He looks after them. He helps them and he, and he ministers to them. And he longs to invite you over. This man was incapable of bringing those sheep into his pasture. They did not belong to him. They, they, they were, uh, the, the folks there would not have allowed that to happen. Although his heart hurt for them, he could not minister to them. But I tell you today, the good shepherd not only longs for you to be a part of his flock, he's made it possible for you to be a part of his flock. And he wants to minister to you. 
What I want us to see today is if you belong, if you can truly say the Lord is my shepherd, I want us to see how blessed we are. All the blessings that come to us because the Lord is my shepherd. In verse number two, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Number one this morning, see that the good shepherd provides spiritual food for his sheep. He provides for them their nutrition, their sustenance of what they need, the spiritual food for his sheep. If you will, take your mind with me this morning to a family event at your house where you're having a large meal, maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas time. Can you go there with me? Think about the turkey. Mashed potatoes. Wait a minute. Cornbread dressing. Oh, wow. I was getting there, Don. Don't get ahead of me. Fried okra. Enough gravy to cover everything as much as you want. Are you there? Think about this feast. Whatever your thing is. Think about this wonderful feast and you've eaten and you've ate as much as you can. What what do you often do after that? You retire to the living room, the family room. Maybe you have your recliner or your spot on the couch and you go there and and you sit back and, and it's not long before what happens. You're serenading the rest of the crowd in there with your snoring, right? You've just, you're satisfied you're, you're sitting back and you're just like, oh, everything is wonderful and there's a contentment there. What is described for us in verse number two is the contentment that, that the good shepherd provides because he provides and, 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 he, and he brings us to places where there is nourishment for us. He says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Something I've learned uh, in reading and studying about sheep is that, that sheep will not lay down until their bellies are filled, until they're satisfied. Other than that, they're wandering around, they're looking, they're, they're anxious, they're, they're, they're frustrated because they want to be satisfied. But when he says here, they make me to lie down, it means it's speaking of contentment. Why? Because God has provided for them. He says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. God provides not just a a, a food for them through through their pastures, but also he quenches their thirst through the still waters. All of this is provided by the good shepherd. Now, oftentimes a shepherd will lead his flock to a a pasture or to a watering hole. And those sheep will get distracted by something over here or maybe a patch of grass over here or, or a, even just a little ditch of water. And the shepherd says, no, that's not for you. You've got to come here where there's a good pasture and good water holes. And when he does this, it provides a sustenance, a nutrition that he has provided for his sheep. I want you to know today, God has provided everything that you and I need through his word. It is the pasture that we need. It is the water that we need. God feeds his children, his sheep, through his word. 
Oftentimes, though, we get distracted by this, from this. We don't pick it up for days at a time. In fact, the reality is there are some in this room, and I'm not here to embarrass anybody, I'm not going to recognize, I don't know who it is, but there are some in this room that didn't pick up God's word since last Sunday. It, it, it sat there in your vehicle, it sat there on your coffee table, it sat there on the bookcase, wherever you keep it, and you picked it up again this week, and you've not been satisfied. You've not been filled the way that the good shepherd wants you to be satisfied. You've been involved in other things. You might have watched something. You might have listened to something. You might have heard some other things. But none of those things will satisfy you like God's word satisfies us. In the book of 3 John, verse number 2, there's just one chapter, so the second verse, and I'm going to paraphrase it for you, but 3 John, verse 2, John says, I'm so thrilled that as thy soul prospereth, uh, the spiritual side of this guy that, that he's writing to, as I see that you're prospering spiritually, he says, I'm praying that you will prosper just as much physically. So get that. John saw the spiritual health of this individual, and he's saying, I hope that you're as healthy as you are physically as you are spiritually. Now what if today our physical health was a complete 100% reflection of our spiritual health? What would we look like in here this morning? Would we be thriving physically or would we be struggling? Would we be be hurting? Listen, the good shepherd has provided everything you need in this book. We just have to partake of it. We have to drink from it. We have to eat from God's word. I would encourage you today, are you reading the word of God on a daily basis? Are you, are you uh, uh, studying God's word on a daily basis? Are, are you eating and drinking from God's word? It's gotten quiet during the last few moments here. And church, we all need this. I need this. This is where we get our strength from. If you're one of his sheep, he wants you to eat where he leads you. And so God provides for us a spiritual food, a spiritual nutrition. We go on to verse number three. He restoreth my soul. The good shepherd not only provides spiritual food or nutrition, he provides spiritual restoration. As I mentioned last week, sheep are not the smartest animals and often get themselves into predicaments. Last week I showed you a picture of Sheila the sheep, uh, this, this lamb or this sheep out in uh, Australia that, that, that ran away, lost, got lost out somewhere and was gone for like four years. And so there was not the care for her that she needed and she gained 40 or 50 or 60 pounds of extra wool to the point where she couldn't walk anymore. She couldn't see because the wool was over her eyes. You ever hear that before? Uh, I don't put the wool over my eyes, and that's, that the whole thing was there. And she was lost, and she was helpless until someone found her and was able to care for her. Sheep are prone to wonder. Sheep are prone to eating and drinking what is not good for them. Sheep often do not recognize the dangers that are around them until it is too late. A predator that is stalking them or something. And because of that, the good shepherd is always watching and always protecting, and sometimes 
must restore the sheep to the right path, the right food, or the right water source. This word restoreth here in verse number 3, it carries the idea of turning back. It's the idea that I've gone this direction and I've realized it's not the way I should go. And so I'm restoring. I'm turning back and I'm going back in the correct direction. That is the idea of this word. It's often associated with correction or discipline. And I wonder today how many of us need to be restored, turned back, corrected or disciplined by the good shepherd. You remember the old pictures of a shepherd and they had a a crook in their hand? It was this long beam or this long staff that they had that had had a crook or a hook at the end of it. And that was often used by the shepherd as he was walking those sheep. And there's one that tends to always get off to the path, get off there. And he would reach over there and he'd, and he'd just smack him on the head. He'd, he'd just, hey, get back in line. That lamb run back over there and get in that spot where it's supposed to be. That's restoration. And there's one that continues to get off and gets himself in trouble and falls down into a ditch. And so the shepherd reaches down there with that crook and pulls it out. And then wax it on the head and get back in line, restoring it. Oh, there's even times, and I don't know if it still happens, but in these olden days where a a sheep would continue to get out of line, continue to walk away, and the shepherd would perform great discipline on it, would actually break its leg and then set that leg, and then care for that sheep, care for that individual, carry that individual until it was healed, all for the purpose of restoring them, bringing them back to where they needed to be. Oh, if you're saved, you've been born again, you're, you're one of God's sheep, we've, we've wandered off the path at times, haven't we? And aren't you glad for the restoration of God? Aren't you glad that the good shepherd... Every once in a while whacks us. Every once in a while pulls us up by the hook. Every once in a while has to deal with us kind of heavily. And he does it all for this reason. He loves us. It's all done out of love. It's a spiritual restoration. The good shepherd provides spiritual food. The good shepherd provides spiritual restoration. We go on in verse number three. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Spiritual food, spiritual restoration, but there's also spiritual guidance. He leadeth me, it says in verse number three. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Again, the idea is one of guidance, direction, and instruction. The good shepherd does not leave his sheep on their own. Again, going back to this illustration I gave you at the beginning of the message, uh, the good shepherd said he would look at that sh- those sheep over there and they would go days at a time with no shepherd out there looking at them. No shepherd guiding them. No shepherd pointing. They were left to their... That's not what the good shepherd does. He leads us. He directs us. He guides us. Know these things this morning that the good shepherd leads, first of all, by his presence. He's always there. Uh, We are told in the scripture that the Lord Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. 
even in his, Jesus' words uh, to his disciples, uh, when he gave them the great commission, he ended up by saying, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Isn't it good to know that the Lord Jesus is with us? The good shepherd, he is with us. He leads us by his presence. He leads us by his voice. He speaks to his sheep. I'm not saying today you're going to hear an audible voice of the good shepherd, but he speaks to us through his word. We follow his voice as we learn this. He leads us by his presence, his voice, by his calmness. See, sheep are naturally a skittish creature. They're not typically in calmness or control. And it's important for them that they have a in-control, calm shepherd. When they see the shepherd getting worked up, that causes them to get worked up. And I am grateful today that we have an in-control, good shepherd. And that he leads them by his faithfulness. The good shepherd is consistent. He's always there. Now those things are important for what verse number 4 introduces us to. Notice what verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, it's important for us to remember the guidance of the good shepherd because there are going to be difficult times in life. We often associate this verse with death. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's not wrong for us to do that. It's very applicable. But that's not what the meaning of that verse is. It's talking about there are going to be times in our life where the path is dangerous, where the path is difficult, even to the point of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, a shepherd would lead his sheep, and sometimes to get them to the good pastures and to the clean water holes, the route there was a difficult route. You didn't just take the easy way and go where that leads you. Sometimes you had to go a difficult route, a difficult path. And that was the valley of the shadow of death. And these sheep had to trust their, their shepherd. A good shepherd will often have to lead his flock through difficult terrain or dangerous territories so that they can partake in what verse number 5 says, the great feast that is awaiting them. He says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He says, listen, I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to take you through this dangerous way. But look what's on the other end. What's waiting for us? Notice these difficult times. It says here that he was in the presence of his enemies. If you belong to the good shepherd, please remember that this world is not your home. This is not forever here. In fact, the Bible describes a Christian as a pilgrim, as a wanderer, describes us as a stranger. This world is not our home. This is not forever. We have an eternal home with God in heaven. And sometimes we put our, as one man described it, our tent stakes a little too deep in this world. Not remembering what we have. And I want you to know today that in this world there are enemies. There are dangers for us. But remember you have the good shepherd who watches out for you, looks out for you, cares for you. Make sure you're listening and looking to the good shepherd. 
He goes on to describe not just the presence of his enemies in these difficult times, but he says, I anoint, that, that he anoints the head with oil. See, the, the anointing of the head of, with oil in verse number 5, it's describing for us there a practice that shepherds would do with their, with their sheep. And they would, they, would, they would pour oil and ointment all over their head and around their eyes and around their nose to protect them from the little gnats and bugs. It would drive a sheep crazy if they were constantly having to shake their head and try to get those bugs off of them. It would, a sheep would go nuts trying to do that. And so the good shepherd puts an ointment on there that keeps the bugs, that keeps the gnats away from them. See, it's not always the big things like a lion or a wolf or a bear, but it's the little things that can get a sheep off track, that can cause a sheep great distress. In fact, sometimes we deal with some big things a lot better than we deal with the little things on this journey. Little things, if we're not careful, can eventually lead and cause big problems. So the good shepherd realizes this and he deals with this quickly and directly. Have you ever had something little that turned into something big? Do you ever have something little in your life that you didn't deal with and it turned out to be a great problem? So the good shepherd anoints with oil. Years and years ago when Rachel and I were newlyweds, I guess we had, we probably had kids at this point or one kid anyways, and so we were young. And uh, I was out in a, a, a one day and I was splitting some wood. We had a little wood stove in our house and I was splitting some wood and stacking that wood and I came in and washed my hands and I looked down in the palm of my hand and I had a, I had a splinter in there. I had a piece of wood had gotten underneath my skin. And so I did what most guys did. I tried to pick it out with my fingernails and then I grabbed a piece of metal and I pushed on it and cut it open and all those things and I finally got it out and I washed my hands and Rachel says, you need to put something on that. I said, I did. And she says, no, you need to put some ointment. You need to put some, some, uh, some antibiotics on it. I said, that'll be fine. And she said, you're going to get blood poisoning. I said, I'm not going to get blood poisoning. I'm a man. I was out there cutting wood. <laughs> so the next day I, I go to uh, work and, and I, I'm working at a church in a Christian school. And, and I look down on that, that, that spot of my hand and there was this red line that went up about just about my wrist. Just a little thin red streak. And I'm like, what is that? I thought I had magic marker on me or something. What is this? And I realized it was under my skin and I didn't think nothing else of it. I went on to, throughout the day and about three or four hours later, I looked, that line was up to here. And I thought, what in the world? Still right over my head, I have no clue what I'm thinking about. I go home that afternoon and I said, Rachel, look at this thing. I got this red line, it's up to my shoulder now. And she's like, you got blood poisoning. It's going to your heart. Well, that scared me to death because I was right here. I mean, I'm just inches away now. I said, what? She goes, I told you. I said, what do I do? And she's like, I don't know. So we're sitting there in a panic. And I call this doctor. I'm like, oh, you better come in right away. I tell him I got this line. She's like, oh, you better come in right away. So we go to this urgent care center. The whole way there, I'm asking, God, please have mercy on me. I had Rachel drive, so I wasn't moving my arms. I laid back in the seat. I mean, I was scared to death. 
get there. I, I, and we had to wait forever in the waiting room. I'm keeping looking at my shirt. Oh, it's getting closer and closer. I go up to the lady multiple times. I said, listen. I said, I'm about dead here. I got this line here. And she's like, it'll be just a minute. And I go in and she's like, yeah, you got blood poison. Like, what do we got, doctor? How long do I have? And, and she's like, listen, I'm going to give you this medicine. And she says, go. She goes, go buy some yogurt. And that was, I don't know what flavor, just plain yogurt that there's some antibodies in there that'll fight this. I said, are you serious? You're going to give me medicine and yogurt? And she's like, trust me. And so she gave me some meds. We went and I bought three cases of yogurt. I'm eating mine on the way home. I, I'm trying to get this in me because I let a little thing go and it turned into a big problem. A lot of little things in life that you don't deal with. And if you don't, they lead to big problems. The good shepherd knows that. And so he ministers. He provides an ointment through his word. The next time you are being distracted and frustrated with the little things, go to the word of God and let the good shepherd anoint you with his soothing and healing oil. Right after David speaks of these little things, he reminds us of the goodness of the shepherd. He says, my cup runneth over. He's looking back at all the things that are these benefits, these blessings of the Lord is my shepherd. He says, my cup runneth over. Do you ever just sit back and think, man, God's been good to me. God has blessed me. I was talking to my dad this last week, and um, we were talking about some things. I was driving and on the phone with them, and my dad's, for those that don't know, my dad's 88 or 89, and uh, he's a, a, a past, was a pastor for 60-some years and still preaching whenever he gets the chance. And, 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 and we're talking on the phone, and he, and he says, Mark, and I was talking about some things here and how God's just been blessed me, and he says, Mark, do you realize how good God's been to you? I said, Dad, I do. And I could have said this. My cup runneth over. God's been so good to me. God's been good to you if you're one of his sheep. He's the good shepherd. David recognizes this. And so we see the good shepherd provides spiritual food, spiritual restoration, spiritual guidance. And then he closes it with the good shepherd provides some spiritual confidence. See, we go through some difficult times, but remember this, surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Years ago, I was at a Bible conference as a young, young man, and uh, Dr. Sexton, Clarence Sexton, was preaching at that conference. And he was talking about, a, I think, a place he moved to, and there was an outbuilding or a small barn or a shed there, and he inherited when they moved there, he inherited three cats. And he said every time he would go out to that, to that building, these cats would just follow him all over, and he got connected to them. And wherever he went, they went. So he named them Shirley, Goodness, and Mercy <laughs> as a reminder of what God has provided for us. Now others say these are two sheepdogs, Goodness and Mercy. See, there are sheepdogs that stay with sheep, aren't they? They live with them. They're always there with them. They look out for them. They're the smart ones with all the dumb ones around them. And it's goodness and mercy. And they follow you. 
See, you can leave here today as one of God's sheep. The Lord is your shepherd and know that he's sending goodness and mercy with you. And then it ends with this thought. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, the Lord provides spiritual food, spiritual restoration, spiritual guidance, and spiritual confidence. Let me close with bringing our thoughts back to that opening illustration of those sheep that belong to the other shepherd, that belonged to that other farm, that looked across the way and longed to be a part of the good shepherd's flock. Perhaps the Lord's touched your heart, convicted you today, and you realize the Lord is not your shepherd because he's never become your savior. Although that shepherd in my story could not go over and take those sheep, the Lord today says, come, I'll be your savior so I can be your shepherd. You're here today and you don't know Christ as your savior. Oh, don't leave here without getting that settled once and for all. Put your faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us through his shed blood and his death, burial, and resurrection. Put your faith in him as your savior and then allow him to be the good shepherd in your life. Christian, you may be here today and you may be distracted by, by the, the, the things of life, whether big, small or big, the things that happen and, and, and you're off the path. Would you take this today as God saying, as the Lord saying, hey, come back. Get back in line where you need to be. Let me be a good shepherd to you. You can trust him for your spiritual food, your spiritual restoration, your spiritual guidance, and your spiritual confidence. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Let's trust him today. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Jan is going to come and play a verse of invitation for us today. And the Lord may have touched your heart in some fashion this morning. Perhaps you need to be saved. You need to receive Christ as your Savior. There's an opportunity for you to respond to him today. We'd love to take the scriptures and share with you from God's word how you can be saved. We'd encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity here in just a moment in our invitation. Where you may be saved, you belong to Jesus Christ, but you're not being a good sheep. You're being distracted, you're being stubborn, you're being away from the Lord, you're not partaking in his food that he's provided for you. There's something in your life that you know is not where it needs to be. Why don't you come and be restored today? Turn back today and be made right with your good shepherd. Father, please take this invitation now. Lord, use it for your honor and your glory. Help us to be obedient to you today in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you stand right there where you're at? Piano begins to play this morning. If the Lord spoke to your heart, the altar is available, a place for you to come and talk to the Lord. The good shepherd awaits you. He's here. And so come today.